0: Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Fullen. Thanks for downloading. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for editor Rose Parkin.
1: It's only really now, three, four years in, that I've properly set myself a sort of minimum hourly rate that I will not go below. You know, I sat down and I thought, OK, what proportion am I giving to the taxman? How much am I paying for two kids to go to nursery in this time? To set my hourly rate significantly higher than all of that in order for it to just be worthwhile. And I've had to turn down some projects just on that basis. I think, oh, my God, I have just turned down this work, but I've got nothing on (laughs) what am i doing (laughs) isn't it better to be paid something rather than nothing but then you know i've held my nerve and then something will come in at a higher rate and often more enjoyable so yeah not taking everything on
0: Yes, so welcome to uh, another one of these conversations where I chat to different freelancers from around the world doing different things, but all focused and chatting about being freelance, the actual being, not their particular job. Me, I'm a freelance... Oh, wow. Bob, video producer, editor... Scriptwriter, that kind of thing, do voiceovers. You can find out how I get on being freelance by following my vlog. You can find that on YouTube or, of course, go to beingfreelance.com. And while you're at the website, there's over a 100 of these chats with different freelancers that you can enjoy now. Uh, They're all listed there. So go take a look. And of course, we're on all of the different podcast hosting type place as well. So yeah, so on both of those, hit subscribe so that you don't miss. This time around, it is Rose, who you just heard. She is a freelance publisher, editor and project manager. So when I say she's an editor, I'm talking about books rather than video like me or audio. And as well as doing all of that, and as well as being a parent, she also runs the Freelancers Cookbook website, which is excellent. Really, really good. Uh, If you, you know, want a bit of inspiration of things that you can cook, which are healthy and tasty and you can do really quickly, uh, or things that you can chuck in the oven and they just do it all themselves while you carry on working or having fun with your friends or family, then, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you find on there. A link, of course, at beingfreelance.com. So looking forward to hearing about that. So, yeah, let's crack on and chat to freelance editor Rose Parkin. Hey, Rose.
1: Hello. (laughs) Well,
0: let's get started, as we always do, by hearing about how you got started being freelance
1: well yes yeah, so i guess I'll we'll start at the beginning i was working for an educational publishing company um in oxford and i went on maternity leave in 2013 and that was from like a management job i was man- i started off as an editor but then i worked my way up and i was managing a team of editors making stuff for schools for the us and for the uk um and when i left for maternity leave i had all intention to go back um I loved my job. I loved being around people. You know, I loved what I did. But then I'd been on maternity leave for about three months. I started getting a bit bored, but I wasn't ready to go back properly to work. So I asked my boss at the time whether she had any work I could do from home. And she gave me a nice little project, just some editorial work, which I hadn't done for I hadn't actually sort of sat down and sort of written or edited anything for a a couple of years because I was too busy managing other people doing that. Um, So I did a little sort of side project for her while I was on maternity leave and realised that I really enjoyed it. And actually that was the reason why I sort of went into that industry in the first place. And just then just sort of realising that if I sort of carried that on and, and did freelance editing, for them and, and for other people, it would sort of give me the flexibility that I needed, you know, to work around kids and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I then approached some previous colleagues working in different publishing companies and, and they offered me work and it just sort of grew from there. They did get to a point where, you know, I did think about going back, but my management job really needed me to go back sort of at least four or five days a week. And, and I wasn't ready for that. So this was a really nice sort of what I thought was just sort of a, a nice sort of holding pattern for a while but actually the more I did freelance the more I enjoyed it and it just sort of all yeah grew from there really
0: awesome so it grew out of having kids and not wanting to go back to work
1: exactly yeah you know I'd known some other people being freelance you know in in the industry before then but I wasn't entirely sure what they did I guess and I was too much focused on my own career path to think that i would go off and do freelance you know and and not have that sort of very obvious sort of career development uh, which i craved at the time but once i was sort of out of that (laughs) now i'm not that so bothered to be honest (laughs) i can make Uh, up my own job titles (laughs) so how long ago was that and so that was in 2013
0: Okay, right. And so that was your first child? You've had another one since then? Yes.
1: Yes, I have. Yes, I've got two now. Yes.
0: How have you how did you manage? You know, you said that you wanted that flexibility. How did you cope with or maybe you never had the problem? But, you know, like as in was there ever too much potential work or like gauging how much work you could take (laughs) on as well as looking after the kids and so on?
1: Yes, yeah, Uh, I was, you know, in a very lucky position where I ended up turning work down quite often because I just didn't have the time, you know, I could put... So, you know, that started, you know, when I had one child and I could, you know, pop him in nursery for an extra day here and there. But really, in reality, I didn't want him to be in nursery sort of more than he was out of nursery, if you see what I mean. So I didn't... I wanted to keep that balance the right way in my mind. And so... So, yeah, it, it was really sort of... It was hard, but I would turn down work. But actually, strangely, that's sort of where... Um, so then the sort of the next thing that happened after me going freelance was that my partner went freelance, and that was partly because he's work, he works in the same industry as me. He saw what I was doing, saw that I had tons of work, <laughs> saw how much it was, I was being paid and thought, right, I want to do that too. Um, so then it, from then, he essentially took on all my sort of excess work. (laughs) Um, But now he's sort of forged his own path and is doing something slightly differently. But that really gave him the confidence to think, okay, now I will set out and and do this because, you know, the work is there and and there's money to be had. Well, that's awesome.
0: Because, you know, the thought of having one parent freelance with the other one with a steady job kind of like Mm. feels safe, doesn't it?
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Was there ever
0: any hesitation when he was like thinking of chucking in that full-time job?
1: Uh yes yeah on both sides actually and what happened was um so we'd sort of we come to the decision that, that at some point he should go freelance but at the time we were trying for a second child and we thought that was a bit rash to have a another child and have both parents freelance um but how it worked out was you know we were trying it, it the second baby bit didn't work out for a while so we thought oh well what's the point waiting you know handing in your notice let's just do this and then the day after I think he sort of you know plucked up the courage to hand in his notice the day after realized that I was pregnant with the second <laughs> child um, <laughs> great timing <laughs> so yeah that that was you know then there was a massive like oh my god what have we done um but luckily you know he he had a three month sort of notice period so it wasn't sort of like the next day but yeah luckily once he did start freelance it was obvious that it was gonna work out and that it wasn't you know he didn't start off with no uh, work you know because i was sort of feeding him work it's yeah. not like starting off cold but yeah that was that was a stressful week <laughs> a happy one <laughs> but a very stressful one how do you but, yeah.
0: how do you find it with i mean like do you both work from home or
1: yes we do um we we recently moved but in our the sort of our first house where we freelanced uh, we were just in like a desk in the spare room which I think at one point was also the second child's bedroom for a while and you know it was it was all a bit intense and and you could hear everything that was going on and and you could hear the baby screaming and it you know that that sort of thing and we did have a we did have a desk in a co-working office for a while even though it was like it's about three minutes walk from the house somehow we didn't often manage to get there um because we have the way our, our days are arranged our weeks are arranged we only have sort of short bursts to work in um and so just even spending like 15 20 minutes getting ready and going out of the house seemed like far too much time <laughs> um so yeah we we loved our co-working office and we made a lot of friends that way but yeah we just we found it didn't work for us um but now in our new house, um, we do have a sort of dedicated workspace right at the top of the house on the third floor with a very thick fire door between us and <laughs> the children, <laughs> which helps, which is sort of needed. Yeah. But um, it's nice to be on, you know, like to go and have lunch together or to pop down for a cup of tea. That sort of thing where you want to Um but we try and make sure it it goes that way rather than the children popping up or anything like that. They know they they do not come up here.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I mean you said there about how you like the way your day was structured or the week was structured.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So in what ways as in um, amongst the the childcare or
1: Yeah, and um, so So for my second child, just sort of turned one fairly recently. So up until he started going to nursery at one, um, what we were doing is we were splitting every day because we realised from a productivity point of view and from a money point of view, it worked quite well. Because if, for example, if I worked the whole day, I would probably, because we get paid by the hour, I would probably be able to bill like five, six hours if I was having a really good day, you know, and I was feeling really productive. But instead we... We realised if we split the day, so I did four hours in the morning and my partner did four hours in the afternoon, we could build eight hours because we were both sort of super productive in the time that we sat, sat at our desk. But that does have the knock on effect that then you're super productive, you get everything done, your brain is full of work, and then you have to look after two small children. <laughs> so, you know, that flip of your thinking between working and childcare, you have to sort of flip your brain within sort of 10 minutes to then you know be downstairs and be creative or you know <laughs> try not to put them in front of a film that sort of thing so yeah, yeah. that that's that's pretty hard sometimes
0: <laughs> that's great though like taking like seeing the fact that you could be more productive if you focused your time
1: yeah it, it did mean that that time that sort of period of a year when we were both doing that was pretty sort of full on and neither of us sort of felt like we stopped there was because there was always one child in the house he hadn't gone to nursery yet that you felt like you know work was breakneck the kids was you know working with the kids was breakneck and then there was no time but just in the last couple of months the youngest has started going to nursery as well so both two are there that sometimes you have a whole day to yourself and sometimes you're both in the house and there's no children which is lovely (laughs) i love them but sometimes it's very nice to have a quiet house um so yeah now we're having a slightly sort of different slightly different way of working but they're still around quite a lot
0: (laughs) so so going back to when you first stepped out and went freelance Mm -hmm. did you have that network of people that you could then approach or were you literally cold calling slash knocking on publishers' doors?
1: Um, I was quite lucky in the way that I worked in the same company pretty much for like six or seven years before I went freelance. And as I left, I was sort of the longest-serving member of staff there as I left, so everybody else had come and gone before me, had then gone to another publishing company, so probably new... No twenty people in other publishing companies, so it was pretty much all all through those contacts to start with, and even now I'd say still sort of ninety percent through you know recommendations and that sort of thing. I, I am sort of starting to sort of think about branching out more into other nonfiction. So at the moment I do sort of science and maths and sometimes fiction, I suppose books for schools. So I want to sort of expand a little into general nonfiction in case educational publishing goes wrong. <laughs> um so uh so it's always good to have another plan. Um so yeah, so so then I will, you know, my plan soon is to is to start trying to make contacts in in that area, but yeah, it's a bit daunting and I have been a bit lazy the last couple of years because I haven't had to market myself or, you know, or do any cold calling or anything really. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously when, when my partner came on board, he also was, had been working in a different publishing company. So he brought his own contacts to our sort of little business. So yeah, we, we've been really lucky. And, and that way it's definitely been like who you know, really, in publishing, I think. Yeah.
0: It's interesting you said like our little business. Do you trade together or as separate entities?
1: No, we should do. And we keep talking about it. But we're a bit too lazy to, no, lazy isn't the word, busy, I suppose, um, to sort of make that next step. So I do b- mainly science. He does mainly maths. And then often we will take on sort of other projects like, you know, a history book we'll share between us. I'll edit it and he'll proofread it. Or, you know, so we have relationships with, with some publishers where they, they don't really mind who does what. So they just give it to us, you know, you know, like we were a business, sort of outsource it to us. But, yeah, we still traders sort of two separate sole traders at the moment and um, we haven't made that leap yet
0: <laughs> yeah it's interesting i mentioned earlier about you uh, are also behind the freelancers cookbook which by the way i made something from before
1: yay
0: <laughs> uh, before we spoke today and i'm still alive so it's all good <laughs> um no it's very nice how did that come about so the freelancers cookbook
1: so i guess it's been sort of long in the yeah fruition of it but um so I it sort of came about just when I worked in my proper job I'm gonna call it full-time office job I was just my office was just about five minutes walk from my house so I would often pop home and make myself lunch like whatever I can make in that you know half an hour slot that I had and I would often dream about like oh if I was at home what would I make you know and then when I knew that I was going freelance I thought yes, this is the chance, this is the chance I'll have to, you know, make gourmet food and eat really healthily. But then obviously, like everyone, probably the reality is very different. You know, suddenly you're working for yourself and and time equals money for us in such a sort of linear way that really I was just eating biscuits and, you know, toast and, you know, just to to sort of get me through to the next hour, you know, um, of work. So, yeah, that was sort of, the uh, that was the idea behind it. And I think I think I just got to a point when I was freelancing and, and I said to my partner, like, I want to eat better, but I want something that's sort of really quick and not fussy. And, you know, and I thought there must be such a thing as the freelancer's cookbook. And I Googled it and there wasn't. And I thought, nothing of it really. I thought, oh, okay, no one's done that. And then my partner's like, well, why don't you do it? And I was like, <laughs> uh <laughs> he's quite um he, he's very good at motivation um so he's like just do it do it and, and and I I just did I suppose you know a bit of nagging from him occasionally um I think I other than sort of like paid work I've never really been one to sort of see anything through I've sort of had fads and and, and side projects that I've worked on here and there, but nothing that I've really sort of stuck at. And and I'm feeling quite proud that now I've been doing the Freelancer's Cookbook for a year. You know, it's something that I've just sort of, you know, worked on developing. You know, it's not even really recipes as such. It's more just sort of, you know, a collection of ideas and tips of sort of how to cook more uh, efficiently. And I have to admit, I still have days where... I just eat birthday cake like today. <laughs> um, and some toast again but you know like I you know I not making any suggestion that I am the best cook or or that I eat you know incredibly healthily. it is is just somewhere where I'd like to yeah collect together recipes that I I do get round to making and um, yeah and trying myself to eat healthier more healthily it's sort of more like a little diary of, of me trying to figure it out yeah.
0: <laughs> what what do you get from it I mean other than like loads of recipe ideas and things like that what what are you getting out of it when like you're crazy busy with work and you know keeping two little humans alive um, yeah. <laughs> what keeps you going at it this time?
1: Um, Yeah, it's a good question. I think part of it is that I'm just a bit older and (laughs) I just sort of realised that I should just be sticking at things. Um, But really, I guess it's sort of, I feel like I'm learning new skills, which is something that I go with the editing side of things, you know, my sort of real freelance work. I feel like that doesn't necessarily evolve massively and I don't really learn that's not. Maybe that's not true. I do learn new stuff, but maybe not in a, such an obvious way. But but with the freelancers cookbook, it, you know, I, it's forced me to learn new things like marketing, you know, uh, social media, and maintaining a website, and food photography, which I'm still not very good at. But you know, just to sort of like have this project where I'm learning things as I go along. Um, there's not too much sort of pressure, I suppose, to deliver. Um, but also, it's really helped because on days where, you know, you have days where you're just sort of waiting for someone to send you a file until, you know, you can't do anything, any work until this person has answered your email or whatever. And before I would just sit there thinking, I've got no work. You know, nobody's paying me. What am I doing? And now I can think it's fine because I've got my side project. I just, you know, work away at that. You know, something else just to, you know, and obviously sort of like, Maybe in future, you know, it will be a real book, or you know, it'll be something uh, a bit more tangible. But um, at the moment, it, it is just a, is a nice sort of side hobby, and and it connects me to other freelancers as well, which is really nice, like via Facebook and Instagram. You know, it's sort of, it's nice to chat to people about what they've had for lunch, that sort of thing. So, um, yes.
0: That's it, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, obviously we'll put a link at beingfreelance.com. dot com. So yeah, go go check there, follow through to the Freelancers Cookbook, and um, and check it out. Uh, you said earlier about how you loved being around people when mm-hmm. when you had a proper job, as you put it. Is it from that online social community that you kind of just mentioned? Like how mm-hmm. how's it how is it now, basically? Now yeah. that you're not around loads of people um, in an office.
1: Yeah, it's different, I guess. Yes, I don't feel lonely which is good I think that's partly because yeah because I've got the link with sort of sort of online people but also having kids has meant that uh I meet, you know I've met people sort of in the park and through through that sort of side of things and um, we, we've just recently moved to a new city and, and I was a bit worried that that you know that I wouldn't have friends around like I did in our old place but, but we've really got to know people partly through the kids and and, and from our own off our own bats sort of thing um but yeah I think it's also a bit different when you've got a very chatty four-year-old you don't really crave that sort of sociability anymore you know like I did when you know the kids were really little because he's just always talking (laughs) so you know so the 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 house is busy and you know my partner's always here as well pretty much um so yeah it is different and i do i do sometimes miss the office environment and and you know specific people from that office but they have also all moved on as well so yeah that sort of feels fairly healthy in that way um but, yeah, thankfully, not, not lonely.
0: <laughs> How do you guys manage things like holidays?
1: Yeah, that's tricky. Maybe we just don't really do holidays. <laughs> uh, uh, no, guys, we, went, we went away for a long weekend uh, a couple of weekends ago. I guess our sort of – it sounds a bit idealistic, but our sort of philosophy at the moment is we, we're trying to build this life for ourselves so that we sort of don't need – holidays from um that is not to say that we never go on holiday um but we we're trying to make our days and our weeks more enjoyable and slightly less work focused but that does have the effect knock-on effect that we don't have like two weeks off in the summer you know we don't have big long expensive holidays um because we're sort of you know pottering here instead but yeah we have had holidays previously where it hasn't coincided with lack of work, you know, so one of us will be, you know, happily planned for a week off and the other person theoretically planned for a week off, but then suddenly, you know, there's some sort of disaster with a book or whatever and and, and they have to work, you know, and that is that is tricky, but I feel like it pays off, you know, the other way um, because day-to-day is much less stressful, we're both around that, the holidays aren't such a big thing in our lives at the moment anyway maybe when the kids are at school and then you have the sort of summer holiday sort of rush maybe that will be different Tim but at the moment yeah the answer is we just don't yeah, have many I love that
0: that's a great thing yeah why, why not just make our normal life more relaxing so we yeah. don't feel like we need a break from work
1: Yes, exactly. You know, we don't, I'm not, you know, we're neither of us are massive jet setters anyway. And so, you know, and with two small kids, you know, getting on a plane and stuff is <laughs> just a bit of a hassle. Yeah. So, you know, we just, we're just embracing that. But at the moment, that's just not where we are in our lives. And maybe we will be, you know, a couple of years down the line. But at the moment, yeah, we're just sort of just pootling around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it must really help when the two of you, both totally get what each other are going through
1: yeah it it, it really does um i guess what sort of confuses matters a little bit is that you know i have a side project which is a freelancer's cookbook. my partner uh has his probably shouldn't call it a side project but he's an author um he's now a published author last year he published a had a novel published um, and he's had a couple of novellas and, and lots of short stories published so he that's his thing so When he's not working, that's what he does. So we don't have much time doing nothing, but also there's this pressure of uh, needing time all the time. You know, it's sort of less... I suspect if you both have a nine-to-five job, possibly, um, you come home and then that time is yours and the weekend is yours. But, yeah, we have this sort of juggle of time. But, you know, now things have settled down and, and we have very sort of clear boundaries of like you know you have the morning I'll have the afternoon you know I don't care what he does with his time he doesn't care what I do with my time as long as we both make a reasonable amount of money for the week you know it doesn't matter how much time we spend on our side projects or anything but yeah I I do wish that I sort of understood his sort of because I'm not a writer at all you know I, I people say like oh everyone thinks that they've got a novel in them I really don't think I have a novel in me (laughs) um but he has you know I I, I'm pretty confident he has many in him um but yeah I don't understand that that side of things and and that sort of creative process particularly so that's hard when you you're both sort of invested in your own thing and, and and the other person is interested but but they're invested in their own thing um you know but I'm sure that happens with many people
0: yeah oh you got to have a little bit of mystery
1: yeah that's true <laughs>
0: um cool now i always do this thing where i ask for three questions about yourself make two true one a lie and let me figure out the lie so what do you have for me rose
1: okay my three facts right so me and my partner when we met our fir- during our first date i sustained a minor head injury. Um, we got lost on a mountain for about six hours in thick fog, and that resulted in him having to pay £60 for a taxi ride back to our car. Yeah, that was a good first date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And The second one is I used to run a cafe that was powered by a wind turbine, um, and when it wasn't windy enough, the lights would turn off. <laughs> yeah good one yep. <laughs> and my third one is i'm called rose partly because i'm from several generations of florists so my great grandma uh i think that was all great great i'm not sure um moved over from ireland um and sold flowers in the old covent garden and then yeah so several generations later
0: oh flipping egg. Um, the first two are so good, but I kind of instantly want to say that the last one isn't true. But the last one sounds true. OK. If you see what I mean.
1: Yeah. So the,
0: the, the reason you're called Rose sounds utterly convincing and charming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want your first date to be so brilliantly disastrous. <laughs> uh, um, the Wind Turbine Cafe. So the only way you had power in that cafe was through a wind turbine. Yeah really
1: so it was on a it was in oxford it was on a this big common um that was run by a sort of eco friendly charity and they had like this big building in the middle of it and uh we set up a cafe every weekend selling cakes and food and and yeah then had a big wind turbine and and powered. the lights
0: would go off if it wasn't yes. windy
1: yes what about cooking that that was fine that had a backup generator
0: Oh, okay. Oh, God. These are all true. Okay. I don't think... I don't think the wind... I, I mean, you may well have had a cafe, but I don't think the wind turbine made the lights go off. <laughs>
1: Oh, you're right. Yes! <laughs> it was powered by a wind turbine, but there was a backup generator yes! for everything. Yes, I know oh. what
0: councils are like; they just wouldn't let you. Would you? <laughs> it sounds good like too good.
1: Yeah, um, health and safety. Yeah. They were ex- so, how, so you,
0: how did you get the minor he- head injury on your first date?
1: Ah, uh, uh, so I met um, my partner when we were both working in Cumbria, and. <laughs> It was, I didn't, I wasn't sure if it was a first date or not, but he asked me if I wanted to go out for a walk on a Sunday, which apparently is the thing you do in Cumbria, I suppose, if you fancy someone. Um. so we were walking up a mountain, I suppose, sort of more scrambling. And I was looking at where my feet were and I forgot to look up until I looked up and there was a huge rock and it hit me on the head. (laughs) And yeah, I just still got a scar from it. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like maybe a week before my graduation as well. And so graduation photos, nice big scar, um, blood,
0: yeah. And so it was a first date, scrambling up a rock face in fog.
1: Yes, and rain, and he had not brought a compass, um, which... (laughs) You would think for someone who'd lived in Cumbria for like over five years at that point and had gone walking all the time, I think maybe he'd just always gone walking with someone else who bought a Um <laughs> But yeah, so we got to the top and we had no idea where we were. And he was like, no, oh, it's fine. The car park's just back down there. You know, we'll loop back round. Um, and the loop back round seemed to involve like going through a lot of bracken and overhead <laughs> fences. and Yeah via sheep and things um yes and so eventually we were, I think we were actually quite lucky because then we found a we sort of found what looked like a normal footpath at last and found a person in a Land Rover and said we presented them with our map and said can you tell us where we are we were a bit lost and he said uh i would do but you're actually not on this map um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'd walked off the map yeah <laughs> and we had to phone a taxi which cost about 60 pounds to drive back because we'd walked so far out of the way <laughs> yeah
0: wow so, yeah. that is a good first date <laughs>
1: Yeah, but the good thing was we had loads of fun. That sounds it sounds rubbish, you know. Um, I was bleeding from the head, but we we had loads of fun, and so re- to realise that I would be happy being stuck on a mountain for six hours with anybody w- was a revelation. But yeah, to be with him, you know, yeah. So that's totally a good deal.
0: point. Yeah, no, I yeah. Know. I mean, it's one hell of a test to put people through. I wonder how many women he dragged up that mountain in the fog (laughs) until one of them didn't threaten to (laughs)
1: lie. I wouldn't recommend it as a strategy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be?
1: Um, It would be uh, don't be afraid to say no you know i think in the first year or so i just said yes to everything and i was busy and badly paid and it, you know it, it just it was silly but you know it felt at the time because i was so used to being in sort of normal employment it almost felt like every time you got an email saying we you like to do this work for us it felt a bit like someone had given you a job like oh wow you know this is so exciting someone wants me to work for them you know they you know they value me this is brilliant um but it took a while for me to, to realize that uh, actually that's sort of not quite how it works. It's an exchange of services and, and, and yeah, it's not as exciting <laughs> after a while. So, yeah, and it's only really now, I have to say, sort of three, four years in that I'm I properly set myself a sort of minimum hourly rate that I will not go below. You know, I sat down and I thought, OK, you know, what proportion am I given to the tax man how much am I paying for two kids to go to nursery in this time you know my I had to set my hourly rate significantly higher than all of that in order for it to just be worthwhile and I've had to turn down some projects just on that basis you know there'd be people that I love working with or projects that you know that would be enjoyable but I've always sort of well now I'm trying to stick to my guns and, and luckily that's paid off where you know i think oh my god i have just turned down this work but i've got nothing on (laughs) you know what am i doing um isn't it better to be paid something rather than nothing but then you know i've held my nerve i've got a couple of days or a week and then something will come in at a higher rate and often more enjoyable so yeah it's just sort of for me not taking everything on and yeah sort of being a bit more savvy with with money yeah, it's really <laughs> what I would tell myself.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, do, do you find that like where you know for you have a relationship with these people already, they've come to you with something, you've gone, sorry, you know, that's the wrong budget.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do they still come back?
1: Yes, I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, most of the time, yes. Um yeah. I think that there's something you know in in the sort of industry that I'm in. I suppose in all industries, there's sort of different level of skill and obviously people pay less money for certain jobs. So for me, the sort of lowest skilled sort of work that I do is proofreading. Um, and so that's paid the lowest, which is fair enough. But really, for me, I feel like my time is my time. It's worth the same to me, if you see what I mean. Like yeah. My outgoings are the same. I'm the same person. I'm still sitting here, you know, being paid less for something, you know I understand that I'm not using my expertise fully for that thing but but you know now where I am in my sort of freelance career I think like I don't know maybe I just uh, proofreading maybe I enjoy it but maybe it isn't for me because it's in that sort of lower category um so yeah so I have you know I've said no to Mm. proofreading from people but they will come back to me and say okay that's fine but you know I might have to development editing for you to do you know in a couple of months or whatever so yeah it's it goes with a you know I'm saying no for a reason if you see what I mean and no to a specific task more than anything I guess
0: yeah and how have you coped with the I guess the business side of being freelance
1: um all right um obviously it was much easier I guess when my partner was working full-time now you know like sort of money coming in (laughs) is pretty unpredictable with you both being freelance and it's got a little bit more tricky recently because we moved up north away from Oxford which has helped us in the long run because the houses are cheaper and 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 sort of things, everything's cheaper, (laughs) Um, which has been great. But we made the mistake of of dipping in slightly to our uh, big tax fund. You know, we've been diligently putting money away um, for tax and then bought a house and thought oh we'll just use a little bit of that money it's fine we'll just use it and then we'll put it back um but now we're spending months putting that money back <laughs> um so yes yeah, so that, that's one thing not to do um we knew that we shouldn't be doing it but um we did it and it'll all be all right in the end but um yeah that's sort of hanging over us slightly but yeah i guess yeah, we we found it. We've been lucky that we've had this steady stream of work, so financially it, it's worked for us. Um but yeah, it's really hard sometimes not to link time to money like totally directly. So for example, a couple of weeks ago we all needed to go to the dentist. So we thought, okay, fine, family trip to the dentist, but the dentist is like 45 minutes away and like getting the kids out of the house beforehand and then actually being at the dentist for an hour and we made the mistake of sitting down and realizing oh and obviously actually paying for the dentist once you're there we sat down and worked out how much the dentist trip had cost us in lost time yeah and you you know it's (laughs) horrific just don't do it (laughs) because yeah you know those things need to be done but yeah that's i find that really tricky sometimes you know if someone's like you know does a friends like do you want to pop out for coffee and you're like "Mm, (laughs) you know can I have a really quick coffee (laughs) um you know so I think it's yeah it's just trying not to to think too much about it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you see what you want to do is go to the dentist when it's your turn to look after the kids
1: yeah but then I have to take the kids with me
0: yeah that's all right that's all right that's what teaches them it's scaremongering you see it's like watch me have a filling and you will always brush your teeth
1: yeah the littlest one is maybe a little bit little (laughs) (laughs) you just Um, walk around and pull out all the plugs I imagine (laughs) that might be helpful um, yeah
0: brilliant rose thank you so much go to beingfreelance.com and there's links through to what rose is up to particularly of course the freelancers cookbook which i hugely recommend all of that at beingfreelance.com as well as loads of other guests the vlog and you can sign up to the newsletter as well but rose thank you so much and all the best being
1: freelance lovely thank you